Hello and welcome to this podcast from the Generation Gap Show here on Radio Verulam 92.6 FM in St Albans. We hope you enjoy it. 92.6 FM, Radio Verulam. Hello and good evening, it's the Generation Gap Show. And uh, this is the programme where we uh, celebrate the different generations. I'm a baby boomer, and my guest every week is a millennial. And so this week, I've got another guest who's been here before, actually, haven't you? Uh, It's Gabrielle. Yes, hello. Hello, Gabrielle. Uh, We're going to talk about um, something that you actually have done all the work on, which is always good for me, because then I don't have to do anything, so I can rely on you to do everything. So, Gabrielle, now we should explain first that you are basically a student at the University of Hertfordshire, and you're studying journalism. Yeah. So... Um, you're now sort of doing a bit of radio as part of that really as some work experience which is great so it's nice to have you here Um, now what happens is you told me that you did a project on body image and it was basically trying to sort of um, map out a documentary I think I don't know if you actually made the documentary yeah so we did a short radio documentary on body image we could have picked any topic but we thought body image would be quite a good one to sort of explore on this programme, we've had a number of discussions around that topic in various ways, but I think it'd be quite interesting to uh, get your take on it all. So why don't you tell me what you did and how you approached it? Um, so we, the way we approached it, we decided to go from the aspect of people that are diagnosed with body dysmorphia, which has become a lot more prominent in the last several years i'd say can you tell me what dysmorphia means um so it's basically where you from my understanding it's where you look at yourself or you see yourself very differently to how other people see it and it affects your confidence it affects your mental state and how you feel about yourself so let's say you know i looked at myself and looked at myself in the mirror we can obviously see i'm not very tall but I thought, let's say, I thought of myself being just extremely tall and I thought it was horrible and I didn't like it at all. But everyone else around me can see that that's not the case. But that's sort of how I'd see myself and then that would affect me mentally. From what I believe, that's what body dysmorphia is. But it obviously can be about anything, about physical appearance, how tall you are, all that kind of stuff. But OK, so it's really a sort of self-image of yourself. Yeah. Which is um, one you've obviously created for yourself yeah but it's also something about comparison you must be comparing yourself with somebody else or some sort of theory that you know you're too small you're too dark your hair's the wrong color or whatever it is so you must have in mind that there's a sort of norm or something or something else that you're comparing yourself with is that not going to be some sort of you know supermodel or some actress or other like that or perhaps some pop singer potentially yeah that's the way it is you know i don't look as good as george clooney i'm afraid so um you know I, i i get that sort of that's my impression and i suppose i'm also probably wrongly associating this mainly with young women rather than young men or older women or men is that is that right i think that's both now i think it's become so common that regardless of your age your gender you sort of feel the need to look or be a certain way because it's everywhere now as in not you know years and years ago it would just be magazines newspapers and it was something you could sort of turn away from nowadays it's everywhere you've got it on billboards you've got it on buses it's on your phone all the time on social media it's sort of 
it's stamped everywhere. It's almost like you can't get away from it. And so this is the sort of creation of a kind of ideal world or, or some yeah. or some. But it's in your own mind that's the ideal, isn't it? I mean, exactly. Yeah, I think there are factors that contribute to it, like you know, newspapers, comments on pictures, and things like that. I think they contribute to that image you create in your head of what you think is um, the ideal. But is it also sort of peer pressure in the sense that somebody has made some remark about you, which may have been not particularly intended to be sort of um, nasty, but they've just said, oh, you, I don't like it with your hair that long, or, or some such quite trivial sort of thing. Well, I'd say it's trivial. Yeah. But you might go then absolutely a set, sort of really trying to work out, well, how long should my hair be? You know, yeah. is, is, it, is it like this or is it like that? Is, is that the sort of thing we're talking about? I, I think so. I've been a victim of that. Someone once told, I cut my hair quite short and someone said to me, oh, that's not quite short enough. So I went and had it even shorter, even though I hated it because someone else told me that, you know, it should be shorter, look nicer when it's shorter. Okay, so why don't you tell me kind of then uh, briefly what, what you did to actually sort of... Um, do this project presumably you chose people to speak to about it yeah so the main idea behind the documentary was that we were going to go out into the streets and interview people in the community on what they thought in regards to our subject so as you can imagine it's quite difficult we were in Hatfield talking about body image not a lot of people wanted to get involved we tried our best to keep our questions in a way that people didn't feel the need to bring their own experiences into it or feel the need to speak about themselves, but they could just sort of speak broadly on the subject. So we asked questions like, um, what do you think can be done to promote positive body image or what more would you like to see in the media or, you know, those sort of questions. We didn't get a lot of people talking, but surprisingly, when we did speak to people, we spoke to quite a few males and they all ended up even though we weren't asking the question they did all end up sort of telling us that they felt that they needed to look a certain way in order to be not so much accepted but you know liked or more popular or you know have more female attention so we discovered that it goes both ways in regards to that mm. Okay, and and I mean, you, you did this in Hatfield, and you you made it sound like Hatfield's a bit of a strange place in relation to this. I, I imagine if you stop people in the street pretty much anywhere in the same way, you'd probably get a similar reaction. Yeah. So let's let's not don't want to do down Hatfield here on this. No, it's just very quiet. That's all. People aren't used to being interviewed on the streets. Uh, unlike in St Albans, where of course we. <laughs> We're out there all the time. Yes, okay. So, Gabrielle, we're talking about this uh, body image study you did. Yeah. And so what did you do after interviewing some people, but not many, obviously? <laughs> um, you had to draw your conclusions from that. And what, what sort of conclusions did you uh, reach, do you think? Yeah, um, so once we'd spoken to everybody, we just had to pick up, well, sort of pick out the best answers that would fit in best with the rest of the documentary. And then obviously put everything together but I think in terms of conclusion it just sort of solidified what we would originally found that body image is a big issue and it does affect everybody and it's not something you can particularly run away from it's something you can I don't want to say accept but something you just have to come to terms with that everybody is going to look different and it's okay like it doesn't mean you're less of a person just because you don't look a certain way we can't all look the same that would be pretty boring if everyone looked exactly the same okay now again is it 
um, to me, this is something which I would associate, and it may be just you know, my old-fashioned views on this, but it's, I'd associate that with a fairly young people, I mean, and particularly girls. So I'm thinking it's something which affects you perhaps from sort of 15, 16, up to maybe your early 20s. But after that, when you reach sort of mid-20s, you, you suddenly are more, um, I suppose, more comfortable with yourself. And that's where I think you'd have less of a problem. But, I mean, maybe it's stretched now and maybe people still feel like that older than I'm thinking or maybe I'm completely wrong. Do tell me. No, I think it's now stretched to not only just further on from your 20s but also younger than 15. I find that as soon as girls or as soon as, you know, teenagers hit that puberty stage or even before that, they're already comparing themselves and feeling the pressure of looking a certain way. And it goes on till further. You know, nowadays, a lot of people get Botox, lip fillers and all these different things to make yourself look younger. It's almost like looking old nowadays isn't acceptable, isn't a normal thing. People aren't naturally ageing like they used to before. Everyone's trying to turn back the clock as soon as possible and as quickly as possible. And I'm a victim of that myself. I'm only 21 and I already use anti-ageing creams because I'm terrified of getting wrinkles. And I don't know where that's come from because there's nothing wrong with it. Like, it's such a normal thing but I used to have smile lines and I had facials and peels to get rid of those smile lines and that was at the age of 16 okay that's shocking granted I did also have acne so I you know it was also to combat that but it did help also with you know the wrinkles okay so I'm going to tell you you're probably a victim of advertising frankly I probably am <laughs> now this will make you look you see you're 21 you don't need to look younger for goodness sake I know but it's almost <laughs> like I feel like I need to prevent it because that's what a lot of skincare companies and makeup companies sort of advertise and I feel like even when I speak to dermatologists it's all about prevention yes okay and you do understand when you sort of shake your head and your hair, it doesn't move in slow motion like in all the adverts, don't you? Yes. <laughs> okay. Unfortunately. Now, I mean, obviously, uh, I'm not having a go at you. It, it is yeah. very much how these th things go. And so, I mean, your own body image, as it were, is from, um, I suppose, social media. Is that the main thing? Yeah, definitely social media. So when you take a photo and decide you're going to put it on um, Instagram... You presumably take 56 photos oh, and then go through them all. if you were to scroll through my camera roll, it's over 100 of the exact same picture. And sometimes one, not even one will make it because I overanalyze it. And I, I love to say that, you know, I'm not affected by social media and I'm comfortable in my own body and I'm comfortable in my own skin. But that's obviously not the truth because if it was, I wouldn't care so much about what I'm posting out there when I do. Well... I was a bit shocked, well I suppose I wasn't shocked but I wasn't totally surprised but a f couple of years ago I suddenly realised that some of the celebrity types on Instagram actually have film crews. You know, yeah. it's not like they've got this apparent selfie but actually they've got six people behind there with all the lighting rigs and everything yeah. else to make the photos and, um, you know, it's sort of quite shocking to me how that happens. Yeah, and um, I think we, we forget that that's the reality. You know, a lot of the influencers and celebrities, it's not just a picture. There's a whole crew behind that one picture but we don't see that. And it's a brand because they want yeah. you to buy their face cream or their whatever it is as well. Yeah. Mm, I think, to me, that's it. It's the commercialism of this, which is the, the big issue. And, I mean, the solution 
is that everyone needs to be really much more self-assured and sort of confident. Yeah. And that's one thing I see in a lot of young people who, on the face of it, you know, are sensible, intelligent, well-educated young people, and yet they're still very nervous about things. Yeah. Um, and uh, I don't really get why that is. And I, I, I think the only solution is to basically make them sort of challenge those things. <laughs> you're smiling because I know you're thinking that I'm going to say something about what we've been doing with you and your <laughs> colleagues. Yes, all right. We we can mention that just briefly. I mean, yeah. basically, um, Gabrielle is one of, I think, seven or eight uh, students here. And uh, we, in terms of work experience, we've been letting them do all sorts of things around the radio station and outside. But also part of it, because I picked up on this, that some of them are a little bit nervous. Um, we sort of sent them out with a microphone to go and interview people in the street out here in St Albans. And it was a bit different. Actually, was it was it different to Hatfield, apart from the fact that there was about an extra 10,000 people? Yeah, it, it was different in the sense that there was a lot more people, but also it wasn't different in the sense that not a lot of people wanted to speak to us. I don't know if it's because we're nervous and we pass that on and our body language is saying we're nervous, we're scared, not confident in doing this. So I think, you know, people can sense that and they're not very keen. I, I don't know. It's a little bit odd, isn't it? Yeah. Now, you were going to say something about someone from Little Mix. Yeah, so Jessie Nelson, she recently did a documentary with BBC about online trolling. And I think she's a great example in terms of if you're a young girl or young guy or just anyone really that looks up to her um, and sees her, you know, as maybe your role model or whatnot. And then you see loads of people commenting horrible things on her pictures or just making horrible news stories about her or about the way she looks in particular you're then gonna think gosh you know if all these people don't think she's beautiful or don't think she the way she looks is ideal or conforms to what society wants to think is an ideal way to look you're gonna then look at yourself and think i must not be good enough because if she's not good enough and she's achieved all those things and you know she has this amazing career if she's not good enough then how am I ever going to be good enough so I think you know when people troll online they don't think about the deeper consequences that it's not just affecting one person although that's awful it's affecting a lot more than just that one individual and and she was seriously traumatized and was talking about you know trying to commit suicide things like that so I mean it was not just sort of flippant it was really really serious yeah. It, it certainly was. So, I mean, do you, you think Little Mix is sort of a, a role model that uh, you can understand people having as a role model? I mean. <laughs> yeah, definitely, especially for young girls. I think it's all about woman empowerment, isn't it? Girl power, yeah, that's the thing. that's yeah. what it is. That's what the Spice Girls used to claim as well. Yeah. But that was like 25 <laughs> years ago. And have things changed in that time? I'm not sure they have really, apart from the increase because of social media. Yeah, I think we're we're still on the way to making progress. I think there's a lot more room for improvement, but we're getting there. And, you know, that's the important part. Okay, well, this is a really interesting um, subject, I think. 92.6 FM, Radio Verulam. So this is the Generation Gap show here on Radio Verulam 92.6 FM. And we're talking today about body image issues, particularly because Gabrielle, this Gabrielle who's here, (laughs) um, did a project on this for the university or for her uh, course at the university. And can you tell me some of the other sort of implications for this that you, I mean, presumably looked forward saying this is what we found out from people, this is what we think is the problem. Did you have a solution? Unfortunately, we didn't. I think the solution would probably be to just go back in time and not have social media at all. But that's impossible because, you know, 
yes, social media has its negatives, but it's also, ha- you know, it's brought along a lot of positives. So it's not something that can be taken away. But I think one of the ways we can maybe try and minimise the issue is just by maybe educating young people better but even then it's a very difficult thing because no matter what someone says or tells you if you don't believe that yourself you're not going to follow it you're not going to you're not going to believe it okay i mean now i'm going to challenge one aspect of this because obviously social media is much more ubiquitous i think that's the word than other things were but obviously if you go back i don't know 20 30 years there were lots of lots more sort of glossy magazines including magazines for teenage girls and things like that it went from barbie dolls to the latest hollywood superstar type stories um and obviously we had adverts um and we had color so we had adverts you know i mean they they didn't move around like the sort of um, video ones you find in the the underground or something these days but basically they were posters we had obviously films and television programs and there were obviously um role models within all of those and um, obviously going back to, I suppose, in the sort of 1950s, there were superstars in Hollywood. I mean, someone like Marilyn Monroe was obviously the sort of ultimate female uh, role model, I suppose. Um, and so I'm, I'm thinking that these things did exist, as it were, and the same pressures were there. Yeah. Perhaps they weren't so much in your face, as it were. Yeah, I definitely agree that they weren't so much in your face. But the other thing is also with social media, you almost feel a need to get involved in all of that so you're putting yourself out there you're not only seeing these images and perhaps being influenced by them you're also putting yourself out there for criticism and i think that that's a big problem and a big contributor in low self-esteem and not being happy with yourself right so i mean on instagram you don't put a picture of you just going to work or getting in your car you do a picture of I'm sitting here with my feet up in this luxurious um, holiday resort. Yeah. And you do those things with the feet and the palm trees and all that sort of stuff. You do. And you're basically making, you want to make a statement saying, yeah, you know, I can go on a holiday like this and I do this and I can do that. I'm, you know, photographing, photographing animals in wildlife park. I'm doing this, I'm doing that. And it's basically saying, look at me, look at me, look at me, isn't it? Yeah, you're just putting the best snippets of your life on social media. And it's something that a lot of influencers and celebrities try and remind people, which I think it's great. They're always sort of saying, you know, this isn't my everyday life. I don't look this glamorous every day. I'm not on holiday every single day. You know, I do normal things. But they don't really post that all that much. Mm. I try to make... I I don't have a huge following at all. But I try to make a conscious effort to sort of share parts of my life that maybe aren't so glamorous. Because if one person looks at that... And I've had people message me before and just say, you know what, thank you for doing that because it makes me feel a bit normal that you also go through like recently I mean I'm really dry skin and I was talking about it on Instagram posted some pictures of the things I used to help and a few people messaged me saying you know thank you for talking about that you know maybe I'll try this out see what works for me and I think that helps because I you know the reality is people don't look glamorous 24 7 maybe a few people do and if you do that's amazing congratulations to you but most people don't and yeah but but again even by saying that you you are measuring it against some sort of norm that you've yeah. invented haven't you um yeah i thought when you met things that you do that aren't glamorous i was expecting you said you picture of you washing up or putting the rubbish out in the bin or something <laughs> like that <laughs> maybe i should include some more of those although <laughs> i don't do them very often or checking the car tires or something yeah <laughs> okay i mean i 
I am aware of some of these things because obviously I do use Instagram and Twitter and other things, so I yeah. see some of this stuff. But obviously, it doesn't influence me. At least I don't think it does. Um, I, I suppose it's not really aimed at me. I'm I'm too old. It's only for you young people, you know. Uh, I wouldn't say that because I don't think that's that's true. I don't think it's true either. <laughs> it might be influenced more than you think. Well, I think, gosh, when I was their age, I didn't, I couldn't go on a holiday to exotic places like this. You know, I mean, in the time when I was probably a teenager, yeah. um, you know, I mean, we had obviously aeroplanes, but the wide-body jumbo jets and so on just were coming in. That was the first time that the price of flights was reduced, so you could actually contemplate going somewhere like, oh, the United States for a holiday. Yeah. But that would be a real journey of a lifetime kind of thing you'd do. And, you know, the idea now, you could say, oh, yeah, let's just take the kids to Florida or yeah. whatever. It just doesn't really sort of match up to that. The first time I went to America, I went on an old kind of plane, and I remember it very well because it took about 18 hours to get to Los Angeles. We had to stop off on the East Coast somewhere to refuel the plane. Oh, and it, it wasn't like a little funny old plane it was yeah. a, a proper jet plane you know didn't have propellers or something um but i mean that was the sort of change and that's probably yeah late 1970s yeah and so in that time things changed drastically for the holiday sort of thing Very um, much so. and you know obviously before that people went on holiday and they went to south end or brighton that was the exotic places they went to or blackpool hmm well, that's an interesting food for thought. So um, I, I was um, coming back from Heathrow once on the bus to Watford. I don't know why I did that. But <laughs> anyway, um, there was a, a young woman there who was looking and said, oh, which bus goes to Watford? And I thought, well, I'll show you which one it is because I'm going on it. And um, she was obviously foreign. And I sort of thought she was probably some East European person. She was from Kazakhstan. I've never met anybody else mm. from Kazakhstan. She spoke very good English. And so I, on the bus, I was chatting to her about this and said, what sort of music you listen to? And she said, oh, One Direction, Taylor Swift. Oh, and I thought I had no thought that you, you could just imagine suddenly teenagers in Kazakhstan are really yeah. into Taylor Swift. There you go. So that's the sort of image, and obviously her image is pretty glossy. She obviously yeah. lives the life of everything. She only goes to parties all the time and everything else, and that's the image that she's projecting. Even though in fact she's got quite a down-to-earth image <laughs> around that. Yeah, but I think it's also what newspapers and magazines pick and choose to publish that well to publish isn't it they're not gonna i mean they probably will publish taylor swift you no know, going to the grocery store they might do that but it's not very scandalous whereas if she's leaving a party at 3 a.m she might have not drunk might have not done anything but you know she's leaving a party at 3 a.m on i don't know a random night that you know that's more likely to get more it's readers. what they call clickbait isn't that's it? right that's the yeah. one yes so read all about it here click this picture the picture of taylor swift probably in a bikini and it's a completely different story to what yeah, you exactly okay so um well that's i'm trying to go through some of these role models but we, we did just discuss the thought about um is men affected as well so how, what do you think about that yeah i definitely think men are affected um especially in more recent years there's you know a lot of pressure on guys to look a certain way to have a nice body to be muscly you know just to look good to dress nicely and that's something that's almost we as women wrongly expect of them is that you know a man has to also have a good job and earn a high wage nice car yeah nice car you know but also be a gentleman all these different things that aren't realistic and often we forget about oh you were just describing me actually because <laughs> we often forget about what's ex not expected of us but what we're offering because we're expecting all these different things and i think there's even competition within men themselves i think that's something that's happened for years isn't it it's, a, it's an ego thing that you 
you feel like in order to be manly you need to look and be and act and have certain things be a certain way and well i mean obviously there's always been some sort of peer pressure for anyone i'm not sure it was like that And, and certainly i mean i seen in shops you know things like there's a whole range now of sort of male makeup yes that's you know whereas before it might have been tucked in a corner somewhere next to the toothbrushes and the razors suddenly now it's sort of you know three three aisles of it yeah um and um i don't know what most of it is to be honest (laughs) it's a new industry and it's it's proving quite popular you'd be surprised well obviously i'm not surprised because i've seen (laughs) there's so much of it somebody must be buying it yeah um yes but i mean is that you know competition in that way um was also things like for work you know if you want a promotion you've got to sort of um do all the right things and perhaps that's just part of it i think it it is part of it but i think now nowadays it's just sort of it's on a much larger scale it's not just it's come down to also how you look and i think for men for quite a long time that wasn't so much of a priority Mm. obviously being Everyone wants to be good-looking. Everyone wants other people to think they're good-looking. But I don't think it was such a big priority for men. Because in the olden days, women used to go to great extremes, you know, to make themselves look nicer and things like that. But for men, I don't feel like that's always been something that they've thought of themselves doing. Whereas nowadays, that's a lot more common. And men are judged in it quite a lot. It's one of those things. I remember seeing David Attenborough mentioning this that you know the in the animal kingdom, yeah, it is the male that prunes himself and so on, and the, and the females go after them. Like a peacock is yeah. the obvious example. And for some reason, humans are the other way round. That's right. Yeah, I know. Okay, um, it's it's just very interesting to think this. I, but again, from what you're saying, and you didn't say it overtly. Obviously, you say they want to look good and all the rest of it. Yeah. But that's again measuring it against something, isn't it? Of course, it's measuring what, against what good means. Yeah. And it's something that I don't know how or where we've created this from, but it's something that is just widely expected or something that we just, we all have this image in our head of what's ideal or what's the perfect way to look if there is such a thing. And there's, you know, bits from everybody's idea that kind of match up. And yet, you know, there's been other sort of psychological studies, or I think psychology studies, um, when they find people who've basically, you know, got married or paired yeah. up, and they're, they're often, the, you know, the man is looking for a woman who is like his mother, and the woman is looking for someone who's really like her dad. Yeah. And so they're not necessarily perfect, but that's probably their perfect model. Yeah. That thought kind of scares me, because my partner is completely the opposite from my dad you think that but in 10 years time you see or 20 years time you suddenly think that's just like my dad yeah yeah that is true (laughs) i think if you're listening out there and you're sort of a young impressionable teenager girl particularly um you don't have to look like ariana grande you don't have to have all the money taylor swift's got you have to be yourself that's the message i'd have but i think gabriella if you could kind of just uh, sum it up at what we've been talking about yeah, so I think that's, that's a very important thing to note, Clive. It's just to, to be yourself because there's nobody else out there like you. So you want to be the best version of yourself possible. And it doesn't matter how long it takes you to get there, but it's just about being yourself and being comfortable as yourself. But to just summarise everything that we spoke about today, um, the documentary that I did for my university work for radio journalism, it just kind of solidified what we'd originally found is that 
there is a lot of people out there that have low self-esteem that aren't comfortable in their own bodies and that's okay as long as you're not going to drastic measures to make yourself feel better about it or to, to change who you are completely to look like somebody else because that's that's not going to make you feel better it's only going to make you feel worse because you're always going to be running after something that isn't real and it's not a realistic goal to have it's just about trying to figure out who you are and making yourself feel good as yourself and i think the other message i would like to put in is that later than that you know perhaps a few years later you're going to be really comfortable with yeah. who you are and that's the way to be and by the time you've hit sort of 30 35 you'll be absolutely comfortable and you'll realize that it was all a bit silly to be worried about all those things that you are worrying about now yeah that's yeah. very true okay well thank you very much gabrielle it's nice to see you again in here and uh, well done for explaining all that because it's very interesting um this is the generation gap show here on radio verulam and uh, we're here every thursday evening at nine o'clock and uh, you can join us again next week Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Generation Gap Show here on Radio Verulam 92.6 FM. I hope you enjoyed it and I hope you'll listen again to the show. You can subscribe from iTunes, Google Play and of course from Radio Verulam's own website, radioverulam.com.